Welcome to episode six of season four. If you just joined, this is Maria from at Maria the Arcane on Instagram, and I can't speak today. And here is Robin from at a Tired Witch on Instagram. It's fine. It's fine. I can speak today. <laughs> Uh, we'll see if the episode has just started (laughs) um if you've just joined us every month on patreon we host a class um and next well in the time that this comes out the following Mm -hmm. class (laughs) that we have available is going to be an astrology class with hannah hawthorne the author of magic of birthdays it's going to be on Mm -hmm. april 25th at 8 p.m eastern time so we hope to see you all there in the library tearing up on patreon If you've just joined us this week, every week we talk about upcoming lunar phases and how you can utilize them for your magical practice. So that being said, on on a day, on April 5th, we have the full moon in Libra. And the full moon in Libra is ruled by Venus. So as I was just telling Maria off, off camera, um, <laughs> it's a very horny full moon, which is so exciting. <laughs> It's a very sexy full moon, especially when you consider things like spring springing um, and the implications that come with that. We have spring Mm -hmm. solstice. So this is a time of fertility and growth and and greenery and creativity. Um, and so this particular full moon, in my opinion, is a really good time to do spell work that involves uh, physical love, self-love. Uh, any kind of uh, labors of love that we bring in. So this might be starting new creative projects. This might be honing in creative projects we already have. Um, Or in a very specific way, we're looking at things like fertility magic. We're looking at things like uh, perhaps reigniting a spark in a romantic relationship. <laughs> uh, maybe you're going through a sexual dry spell and we want to do a little bit of magic to find a sexual partner for a little bit. Um, I'm not here to judge you. If you're a one night stand, friends with benefits kind of person, go for it. And this is a really good time to do magic to kind of draw those kind of attractions in. Um, I would kind of asterisk note this that if you're thinking of doing love magic that Mm -hmm. involves perhaps making an ex come back to you um in my opinion this is a bad moon for that (laughs) um because the libra full moon is a very sexual romantic moon in my Mm -hmm. opinion if we're trying to draw somebody in that perhaps is against their will again not trying to judge you your craft is your own um not this moon just just my opinion uh i feel like what you're gonna end up getting is something that is very horny humping the couch um kind of a situation and that is not what we build relationships off of my opinion again (laughs) uh but yeah i i personally would not be doing any kind of spell work that involves uh drawing somebody to you that perhaps is at least on the fence about it we'll say Mm -hmm. 
unsure yeah. of. <laughs> um, especially if you're trying to build something stronger. And sex oftentimes does <clears throat> kind of reinforce relationships. Mm-hmm. So use it as reinforcement. Use it as, you know, I don't know. What's that? You know those metal bars that make buildings really strong? <laughs> Rebarb? Is that what it's called? I'm not sure. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a construction guy, okay? Um, I feel like that's what it is, and that's what we're going to go with. And if any of our listeners know what it is, do not correct me. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like I'm right. <laughs> um, um, our editor is going to edit this and be like, babe, you're so dumb. It's this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I would just look towards any kind of love magic that is reinforcing something that already exists or building something within yourself, you know, to make yourself feel sexier, feel more confident, like mm-hmm. that sort of energy. Yeah. Um, for like everything that you said, 100%, because Libra, you know, relationships, even like friendly relationships, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like deepening your friendships would also be a great time during this time, too. I focus so much on Gemini, (laughs) but no, it is still a Venus thing, so mostly romantic relationships. But Libra also has to deal with like beauty and finding beauty in your life and the world around you. It might be Mm. a good time to go out into nature and going to see like what plants have started to come up you know what flowers are starting to bloom and even like making the whole full moon about romanticizing your life and your practice like what's the things that you really love to do um in your practice and just like do it during that full moon if it's having a bonfire go have a bonfire if it's like romanticizing your life naked under the full moon go do it if it's taking a hot ritual bath with like rose petals and stuff you do it (laughs) yes romanticize your life (laughs) yeah yeah get romantic even with yourself (laughs) ask yourself if you are reading about yourself in a book is this something you would think the main character would be doing (laughs) (laughs) you are the the main character on a libra full moon so yes So if you just joined this episode or haven't listened to other episodes so far this season in lieu of choosing a card and discussing it like we have been doing previous seasons, um, instead we're doing like whole different sections in tarot, such as we've been already been over the major arcana, minor arcana, and the rest of the suits, and now we're on wands, but then we'll move on to aces, ones, and so on. I think it is great fun and will help people understand tarot on a deeper level and shake things up a bit. And sometime this year or next, we'll go back to discussing like each individual card. So this week we are discussing our thoughts on the suit of wands. Wands on the Rider Waite Smith version are symbolized by phallic looking wooden staffs with green growth on them and (laughs) fall under the element of fire. They typically symbolize anything that deals with what a phallic looking wand would wood, <laughs> but including adventure, life paths, 
compassion, movement, conflict, pride, and structure, which includes You know what they boundaries. say about dicks. You know what they say about dicks. <laughs> they say penises are about adventure. That's what they say. <laughs> that, that penis is getting into some adventure later. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and that's how STDs happen, everyone. Anyway. Please wear a condom. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So when it comes to adventure and life, paths we definitely see this from the get-go when it comes to the suit the ace reminds me of an explorer like lighting a torch about to start on a potential you know starting on the potential of something exciting then we move on to cards like the two of wands and the three of wands which shows the planning that goes into moving forward and the actual witnessing of what potentially lies ahead of you if you choose to pursue it we also had the Page of Wands, who is eager to learn and explore on this new journey to add to their experiences and growth. Then we come to cards like the Ten of Wands, which shows even when the like excitement of this new path and adventure we are on has died down and it has become like part of our normal everyday life um most time you know we have to keep going life paths do not end until death (laughs) there is still things to do but that doesn't mean there won't be new and exciting things discover to discover along the way okay so we can't talk about phallic shape objects without talking about passion A lot of the suit shows being excited and passionate about what we are doing and exploring and even the excitement we receive when what we are passionate about is being recognized, which we see on like a card like the Six of Wands. Passion and excitement is all well and good. We love, you know, straight dopamine and serotonin to the bloodstream, but all things ebb and flow. What goes up must come down while we will speak more on like speak more on the downside in the next bit it is like important to like speak about the eight of wands which shows like some flights um some wands taking flight and the knight of wands who is pictured in like an adrenaline pumping mid leap you know they can't stay up in the air forever you know that fiery energy can't be tended to forever so they show it like So they show it, it's like best to try to keep like a level head. Even when things get exciting, you may like experience a low. We see this like level headedness when it comes to like the queen of wands who sits on like the throne of power between two different landscapes. Though through her cunning and level headedness, she's able to keep tending to her growth. So, okay, we see a lot of movement when it comes to the wand suits. Like, once again, we bring up cards like the Eight of Wands, which depicts travel, and the Knight of Wands, who depicts, you know, taking swift action. Um, This suit is great to see, like, when you're trying to light a fire underneath yourself to move forward with something. We... Okay, so uh, one more thing about the phalluses. <laughs> we can't mention phalluses without mentioning conflict. She's cock crazy, everyone. She's cock crazy. <laughs> but we can't mention them without conflict. While this isn't like the sword suit, the fire element also represents like anger and aggression. Like we 
we feel very when we feel very passionate about something and are tasked with exploring it and even defending it it can make us feel on edge and leave like the potential for mood swings we see this on cards like the five of wands which shows conflict and confusion about how we proceed and the seven of wands when it comes to defending ourselves and once again the knight of wands who may jump into something when they aren't quite ready and even the king of wands who is stern and no nonsense when it has the potential which has the potential to come off as aggressive depending on the context um last but certainly not least we have structure while the wands like aren't part of the element of earth earth is very present in the wand suit most of the time you can't have fire without some sort of bit that comes from earth like twigs or gases you know having that earth element of strong foundations is so important when it comes to the structure of wands we see the start of this like on the four wands which can show like the bones of the bones of a house then we have cards like the queen and king who sit on top of very solid foundations of stone and you know we can't talk about the like about structure without talking about boundaries boundaries are so important when it comes to our life path and passions not only setting them towards others but with ourselves too we see this on like the knight of wands showing someone who has learned the hard way about the necessity of boundaries okay (laughs) that was a mouthful i had a lot to say about the wands and i apologize (laughs) but how do you feel about the how do you feel about the wands i really don't have anything to add you know your last few tarot things i think it's because they've been big overviews um Mm -hmm. I really haven't had anything to add. This has been great. I hope our (laughs) listeners like it. I think this was a good addition. Thank you. And I'm really excited. Uh, I think next time we're going to start the aces. So. Ooh. Exciting. (laughs) It probably won't be as long as and in depth as like the suits. It will be good. It should be good. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. So, for this special main portion, we are joined by Siri and Cassandra, the authors of Lessons from the Empress. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you each tell us a little bit about yourselves, including your social media handles and maybe even other books that you wrote? Sure. Um, I'm Cassandra Snow, they, them pronouns. You can find me on Instagram at mix.cassandra.snow. Um, and then my website is cassandra-snow.com. So those are the easiest and best places to find me. I also wrote Queering the Tarot and Queering Your Craft, Witchcraft from the Margins. Most of my life is tarot and writing, but I'm also on a couple of TTRPG podcasts in my other life. What is that? I don't know what that uh, is. Like D&D, but only one of them is actually D&D. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it is really fun. Um, the first one that we, so my roommate did the campaign and that's the actual D&D one. We did not know how to record a podcast. So the first couple episodes are a little shaky. The other one, I just joined the cast and it's like, uh, they know what they're doing already. So I just have to show up and play games and say stupid stuff. Cause that's what I'm there for. Love that. That's, that's nice. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> And hi. Um, hi. <laughs> my name is Siri Vincent Pluff. Um, I uh, I have a lot of hats in the community. Um, 
I my most prominent one at the current moment, other than being a co-author of Lessons from the Empress, is uh, I am the host of the Heathen's Journey podcast, where I talk all about radical heathenry and queerness and Norse runes and vocally punch fascists in the face. Um, so, <laughs> <Love> that. <laughs> yeah, so that is that is my life. Um, I am working on several different things, but I'm like in that phase where I am working a lot behind the scenes and can't really see anything yet. So Ooh, I'll just tease you with that. Exciting. That's very <laughs> yeah. exciting. Um, so my Instagram handle is siri.vincent.pluff. Um, that is also my email. Just it ends with at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> in case people have questions, they can email me. I'm pretty open to that. I might not respond. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's been a long time since I recorded, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> this you're is the series right. you get tonight. <laughs> um, I also, I also recently launched my um, newsletter, which is called Troll Brev. Uh, Troll Brev means magic letters in uh, both Swedish and Norwegian. Um, yes. So it's just little cute little love notes, magical notes on uh, folk magic and storytelling um and yeah i'm really proud of the i recently published an essay on um folklore and national identity and stuff in ireland for saint patrick's day um that i'm very very proud of so definitely check that out it's at troll-brev.ghost.io um i will also be launching a new website which is just my name siri vincent pluff.com awesome very exciting we are both very glad that you're here. Yes. <laughs> so our first question for you both tonight is how long have you each respectively been reading tarot? So I have been reading for 20 years now. I just turned 38 um, and I did start when I was 18 um, I didn't really read professionally till I was about 25 and I would say it's only been maybe the past 10 years that that's been the primary way I've made money. Um, and the primary thing I've been doing other than writing. Um, but I really fell in love with it. I was going through a lot of stuff my freshman year of college. I loved art, but I wanted some, and I was a getting a theater major, but I wanted something else that was going to help me with stuff I was going through and stumbled into tarot and haven't looked back. <laughs> love that tarot yeah, takes over everything <laughs> it's it's really funny actually i think that we started reading tarot at the same time just like across the country from each other um which is kind of beautiful because i've also been reading tarot for going on 20 years i think i was about 15 or 16 when i picked up my first deck um and i have been reading professionally since 2016 2015 something like that um mm -hmm. i don't want to do that math right now um <laughs> but yeah. yeah i also um so i actually picked up my first deck um because i was in a coven and the high priestess looked at me one day and was like you need to get a tarot deck you need to 
just go get a tarot deck. So I went with a coven mate of mine to the borders, not Barnes and Noble, but the borders. <laughs> Remember the that. next town over. <laughs> R.I.P. <Yeah. laughs> I know. And I was nostalgic even as like a young teen. So I think I got a deck that reminded me of Brian Froud's fairies to start with. <laughs> That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. I love Brian Froud. (laughs) Brian Froud, I I recently rewatched The Dark Crystal and have been going through a Brian Froud renaissance (laughs) over here. It's great. (laughs) That's that's a good life to live. I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how did you two come up with lessons from the Empress? We sort of didn't. That's... so we, we taught a class on creativity during the and creativity and tarot and magic uh, during the pandemic that was piggybacking on a different class Siri had taught with a, another mutual friend. Um, they really wanted to do something that was more creative. I was trying to put together a bigger, longer form class on creativity and we're really good friends offline as well. So that just kind of came together. And we both, when you take classes with us, the our workbooks for each of the six classes ended up being between like 18 and 50 pages, something like that. There was <laughs> oh a lot of most of the pages. And Siri said to me, well, how would you feel about releasing like one workbook onto our website? And I thought that sounded like too much work. And I, so I inexplicably pitched doing a full book instead (laughs) was not less work I also knew it would sell more though and I think that that part is true so um and then once it got to wiser we had a lot of really big ideas because it was like tarot for difficult times and magic for difficult times and mm-hmm. here's how everyone is creative and to be creative and so we really needed to streamline it and that's where the empress kind of came into view yeah so it's funny because you are very like um you're playing it off very well uh cassandra but I think your more charitable words to me when I recommended that we release it as a workbook was who will read a 150 page digital zine? That's not what this is. (laughs) (laughs) And I was really game because like, I was really game to expand it into a book because I um, have other book projects that I'm working on um, and have never been published before. Um, this is my first uh, my first published effort. Um, so it felt really good to go through that experience with a close friend and somebody who had already been published before, so kind of knew the ins and outs of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's also, we weren't done talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we weren't done talking about it after the class. Yeah, so... More. Well, you guys created something amazing. Yeah, well, I... Uh, I mean, I'm sure you both know this at this point, obviously, because you're on here and I would assume that you would have looked at the page talking to you. (laughs) Um, But we have a Discord and a few of our Discord members through Patreon, like we're all reading it at the same time and talking about it. And I I think it's cute. (laughs) That's so sweet. Thank you for telling me that. It makes me warm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's well it's actually come to a point now that we've discussed 
doing it for our next book for book club. Cool. Um, just because I Please like a do. few people were doing it and then other people were talking about it. And I think that's what we're going to do for our next book for book club. Um, mm-hmm. We leave it to a vote, but I'm pretty sure that's the direction it's going to go. That's wonderful. <laughs> that makes me Thank you. That makes me so warm and fuzzy. I love yeah. book clubs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I also love seeing the book grow. I mean, we're recording this several months after the book came out. And so um, just seeing it get into new hands like this far out is really, really mm-hmm. lovely. So... So uh, I, I hope that continues, obviously. Of course, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, we personally know this, but beginners may not. Why did you two pick the Empress as your focal point? So I think that it was interesting. Um, the Empress in general kind of encapsulates a lot of the ideas that we were covering in the book. And... Um, There was just so much going on because the book really is like it's about radical um, creativity in terms of like how we express ourselves, how we show up, how we nurture ourselves, whether that's queer or just a weirdo or like whatever. Um, And it's also like baked into that is the idea that you at your core are a really, really necessary factor of that creativity. So you must Mm -hmm. care for yourself. You must nurture yourself. Um, And all of these things are things that uh, both of us deeply associated with the Empress, even coming into this, um, writing this book, even like before writing this book. Like Mm -hmm. I was actually shocked um, to the extent, you know, that I think we both as two non-binary people um, come at this from a very... Uh, unique perspective in that we mm-hmm. don't heavily gender the empress in our own readings. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually shocked when someone, someone in my Discord server, had mentioned that you know they were feeling really good about the fact that they were reading the book and they hadn't heard of the empress referred to as a mother once. And I was like, hmm. people think of the empress as a mother. <laughs> <laughs> I did when we were writing the book. I did know that, um, and I think I say something about it early on because I say like, but then I also just felt that that was a very and I've always I don't know I, what am I trying to say? Tarot is really expansive, and I think that there mm-hmm. are certain ideas people put on interpretations, and it becomes the opposite. It becomes very limiting, and can mm-hmm. even end up doing some harm. Um, and so I was very interested in a chance to explore the Empress in a way that would be not only expansive, but Siri then wanted to add some really generative pieces to it. So we're not just sort of opening up what this is, we're kind of putting it in everyone's hands. And I think that that um, writing partnership ended up going really well, so. Yeah, yeah. I really like how you guys like wrote out like all the different types of like descriptive things for like how like, you know, the Ace of Wands has to deal with creativity and stuff like that. That was very, mm-hmm. very, very cool. But thank you. So looking at here. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to ask you a question. You're fine. <laughs> so many witches are innately creative by nature. What do you both um, think would help like using tarot unlock or deepen that natural ability? Um, so 
uh, I wrote the ritual sections of the book. Um, so I'll kind of come at it from that angle and like talking about how, you know, I wrote those aspects of the book. Um, of course, Cassandra is also like a very accomplished witch and um, worked with me on that. The co-authorship is real and strong. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, for me, tarot has always been an aspect of magical life. Um, I think that kind of goes back to my story of how I got a tarot deck in my hands of just, you know, my high priestess saying, hey, you need to be a tarot reader. And me at like 15 or something being like, oh, OK. <laughs> um, so I think one thing that I find really helpful, particularly as somebody who does a lot of magic for others or has hosted a lot of like magical circles for people is that um, tarot can act as a sort of confirmation of what you are seeking in a spell. Mm -hmm. um, tarot can also help you lay the groundwork. Um, so when I was taught magic, this is ridiculous, I'm realizing now. Not ridiculous, <laughs> but like this is like unusual. Um, I was taught that you write your own ritual and spell every time that mm -hmm. you so like I didn't read I don't think that's ridiculous I, I got taught similar <laughs> I don't agree with it now but I don't think that's ridiculous I've heard it many times <laughs> okay okay cool, <laughs> okay, cool. I, I feel silly now sometimes when people are like oh I tried this spell from a book and I'm like you try spells from books um <laughs> I, say, I didn't actually I used to write my own all the time too and when I started reviewing books for social media I started testing the spells because I didn't want to recommend books that like didn't quote yeah. unquote work or whatever which is subjective but still right um mm -hmm. and so for me it wasn't until the last couple of years so I do understand that yeah, I yeah. don't think that's ridiculous. It seems ridiculous, of course, now, right? Yeah. Especially considering <laughs> we're living in this climate, I guess you could say, where I feel like most, the average practitioner has gone the exact opposite, where they feel like they can't write their own spells and yeah. they ask mm -hmm. me from somebody else. Yeah. But I, I was taught the exact same thing, like, a million years ago. So I don't think it's ridiculous. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. No. Yeah. It's really interesting. I, yeah, like we can talk about magical education for fucking hours. Um, so <laughs> I will, I will curb myself of that. But, um, uh, for the purposes of the book, I feel like tarot can act as a really good clarification. So, mm. um, clarifying what you need, um, anytime you do spell work, um, and this is something I teach my students. This is somebody, something I say almost every time I talk about magic is like, you know, know what you're asking for, mm. <laughs> um, is really important. <laughs> and also sometimes you're asking for the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. So I did a spell that worked really well, and it was to get this specific job in this specific city at half time with full benefits and would allow me to finish my master's degree while moving to another city. And it worked. Now, it was like a really specific spell, obviously, like that is like getting into some really like, OK, this is you know, territory where it may not work, but it, it worked very well. And I was miserable, um, Aww. for many, many reasons. Mm -hmm. 
And I think, I mean, that's no fun. Mm -mm. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that a huge part of it, honestly, was that I didn't, um, I didn't do a ton of reading ahead of time. And some, I believe some of the cards that I pulled around the situation, I didn't pull them directly before doing the ritual, but um, some Mm -hmm. cards I pulled around the situation were like, oh, there's some like challenges here. And I was like, well, duh, it's, you know, a new city, a new job, a new everything. There Mm -hmm. will be challenges. I was not paying attention. (laughs) Didn't quite realize the extent of this. (laughs) And I think it's so easy with spell work to like forget to like, you're asking for something that you want, but you forget to ask for what you need. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I think that tarot is really helpful for that. I also have um, 100%. worked with tarot in like spell work itself, like pulling out specific cards of archetypes um, that I want to look on that. embody <laughs> or like I want to bring that into my life or I want to work through some of those issues or something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes tarot can be a really helpful visual guide i think that um spell work is really uh fun and wonderful but especially if it's artsy and looks cool yeah (laughs) agree i would just add to that as well from the more or like i think that the way at its base i think that the way art functions I feel weird saying that with any sort of authority, but one of the ways, I guess, art functions is um, by sort of opening our mind, getting us to see things in a different way or expand what we're thinking, or even um, even the way we talk about tarot working a lot of times is, you know, kind of stroking on memories and ideas that you already have and just pulling them out. And so I think that's mm-hmm. another way that tarot as 78 pieces of art is really useful for. Um, Mm -hmm. Another thing I would encourage people listening who like none of this is helpful to them yet. I would encourage conversations with your cards literally, and you will feel ridiculous, but it will also (laughs) to take you to places that you didn't. And I mean, out loud, like, Oh, why are you grabbing that cup when it doesn't look like it's going to make you happy? Like, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And just seeing sort of what response sort of comes to you and that's another yeah. way to sort of get into the creative piece of it <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah I completely agree we both really love how you both incorporated into the book the fool's journey and how it can represent the like, a creative journey <laughs> can you tell our listeners a little bit about that yes um So uh, we really wanted to uh, talk about the fool's journey. I really wanted to talk about the fool's journey. It's very important to me um, and to both of us. Um, And I guess this is like kind of a spoiler, like not really a spoiler. I don't know if that counts for nonfiction. (laughs) Spoiler adjacent. But um, because it was Lessons from the Empress, you know, initially, like for the class, I had written the Fool's Journey as like the Fool meeting all of the different archetypes of the Major Arcana. But (laughs) then because it was Lessons from the Empress, I wanted to rewrite that section to be the Empress 
this being of creative nurturance and, you know, abundance and all of this stuff, meeting each of these different archetypes and what that says about our own creative journey and flow. Um, and that kind of unlocked something in me that like, if I were, if I had all the time in the world, I think I would rewrite that from the perspective of every single major arcana. That would be um, so much fun to read. <laughs> oh my God, I know, right? Um, <laughs> but I have so many other projects. We'll see if I get to it. <laughs> but I think that um, that was really pivotal for me. I do a lot of work with archetypes. I love them. Um, it's a huge part of um, also my love for stories, story crafting, storytelling. At the time that mm -hmm. we were um, writing this, and teaching the class, I was actually in a class um, called the Story Magic Academy that YouTuber Rachel Steven put together. Um, mm -hmm. I cite her a couple of times in the book. Um, and uh, that class is essentially looking at the heroic journey through um, Dan Harmon's plot embryo. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, heroic journey? Like, that's really similar to the <laughs> fool's journey through the tarot. And that's, you know, something that other tarot writers have talked about before. And so I really wanted to explore that um, in that way. And mm -hmm. I do think that the Major Arcana, it tells a story that can also be shattered and fractured into many other different stories and many different story structures. It doesn't have to follow that very, you know... Um, like Western lit kind of um, <laughs> format that the uh, the heroic journey often does. Um, but it was a good way of doing it in in the container of this um, of this book. Well, and I think it kind of broke us open in a few ways because we knew we wanted to do something a little bit different than what we'd done in class with the minor arcana. And the class actually focused, I think, more on the minor, you could argue, um, because it was what do these practical things have to tell us practically about what we're doing and how we create our pieces. So we knew we wanted it to be less class specific. And I think in doing that, I was like, okay, so the hero's journey is a specific style of storytelling. So what if we use the other suits to talk about other forms of storytelling? And that way we have a wider array of storytelling methods. And so if people don't like the Empress journey or they don't like the fables of the wands, they can use the ones they learn elsewhere um, <laughs> with their own cards still. We also didn't want it to only be... Um about writing um we wanted it to be about creativity really broadly um and that's a huge part of the class it was called creating in weird times weird with a y because i do rune stuff um <laughs> but you know we wanted artists creators anyone who can be creative and throughout the book we really bring in like if you create your own recipes, you're a creator. <laughs> if you, yeah. you know, are a bullet journaler, you're being creative. You know, we didn't want to limit it to just storytelling, even though that is what both of us do a lot of, um, is storytelling. So um, this oh, yeah, cracking open. Oh, I was going to say cracking up the others, cracking open the other suits into mm -hmm. different methodologies um, was really good. 
creative method. Yeah. Speaking of the other suits, we also liked how you made the suits like theme in themes of the creative process. Can you please tell our listeners a little about these themes? Yeah. So in the wands, like I said, we approached that as if it was more of a fable because most ten of wands do end with like the lesson or the morality of like this is what happens if you mm-hmm. don't listen to these other nine cards and so <laughs> we were interested in or and that was the chapter I wrote I was interested in exploring that um, but I specifically talked about how your idea can go from like a sparker an idea to something else and then I think with the cups, I was very, which is the other minor chapter that I wrote, I was very concerned with, are you expressing yourself? Are you saying what you need to say? It was adding both the emotional and the expression piece in it. Um, And so therefore that ideally ends happily when we do that and the cups do tend to end a little more happily than say the wands. And then did you want to talk about your chapters? So then I wrote the chapters on the um swords and the pentacles and the swords i really wanted to look at swords as memory um Mm. because that's where a lot like i think that it's really popular right now to talk about swords as like trauma and baggage and history and all of that stuff but it's also the technology that we use to write our stories it's also Mm -hmm. um the actual communication um, and the intellect. And that felt very, like, all of those themes come up really strongly in memoir. Um, Mm -hmm. And Cassandra actually helped a lot with that as well, because you write more memoir than I do, (laughs) or more memoir-adjacent things than I do, so you definitely, like, helped a lot with that chapter. Um, And then with the pentacles... (sighs) That one, we just talked about, I think, folktales right no i think we talked about process and um having a good oh creative structure yes yes that was that because pentacles are so much about like building the um like building the processes and structures that you need to thrive have a good legacy all of that and that mm-hmm. was actually the note that we end the book on because we thought that, you know, by this point, um, people who are reading the book could have like a pretty thriving creative process. But um, how do you support that process? Um, mm. And so that felt like a really important, a really important note to end on. Um, and I yeah. think another level to the question you asked, too, is and this is gonna sound super woo but i know for me when i was like okay i'm doing the wand section and i'm doing the cup section even i wrote most of the introductory stuff except for the big stuff about ritual and so all of that i feel like i did just sort of let the cards lead me i wanted to sort of practice what i preach throughout the whole time similar to how i said when i was reviewing books i wanted to make sure i was recommending books that worked i also didn't want to do this book without using the cards to steer the creativity or steer the writing yeah and so i pulled out a bunch of wands and had three different versions because i was like well wands what do you want to say today and then the next day they wanted to say something else and i so i ended up having to fine tune it over time but i still more or less let the actual cards steer what was going to happen 
I love that. Yeah, I think we both did. I think we both did quite a bit of like meditation with the cards themselves um, and that actually like conversing with the cards themselves um, was a huge part of it. Well, last but not least for our questions before we let you both go, what is each of your most important advice for witches who want to use tarot for their creative journeys? One piece of advice. Hmm. Honestly, it's probably the same advice I would give to, so I mentioned my other podcast life, but I also am in theater, just not really because it's a pandemic still. And... Um, I would give the same advice to someone that wanted to start auditioning or putting their director's portfolio out there or whatever, which is to just do it, even and especially if you don't feel like you know what you're doing. Creativity is one of those things that the more it's like a muscle almost, the more you practice it, the more you work with it, the better it's going to get, the stronger it's going to get. And most importantly, the more confidently you'll feel about using it. And so honestly, the advice I would have would be, you know, listen to Siri and I read some of the stuff we said, and then just go out and do it. And you don't have to share it with anyone until you feel like you're ready, if ever. It's just for you. And I think that's not really advice, but like comforting words is that a lot of times we think of creativity as like a final product that is for other people. And for some people that's true. And for some people it isn't, but the process is still yours the whole time. So really taking ownership of that and letting it be what it needs to be and as fun and creative and weird and eccentric as you need to get with it is just what needs to happen. Yeah, totally. And I think that, like, the fact that tarot is in itself a pack of 78 pieces of art um, lends itself really, really well to creativity. So um, my advice for this would be really similar to any advice that's like a tarot. My most basic advice for tarot students is, is pull a card on a regular basis. I'm not going to say daily because I don't do it daily. That's for sure. Um, And, you know, things get in the way sometimes, but pull a card regularly before you start your creative process. And you don't even need to intellectually analyze the card. You don't even need to have a question. You can just stare at the art and see what (laughs) comes up for you. Um, And sometimes it, will have something directly to say about what you're working on. For example, I was working on a novel and I was debating whether to include a death in the novel and I pulled the death card that day. So, you know, sometimes it's really literal and other times it's really literal and sometimes it's as simple as... You know, oh, wow, I really love the way that that character on the Six of Cups is holding out this vase for another character. I'm really, you know, interested in what that kind of generosity looks like in my work. Um, Or I feel really comforted by the fact that the Empress came up um, before this before this creative session. So just allow yourself to do it and don't worry that you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Um, You're not. I promise you're not doing anything wrong. 
I love that. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. I, if you guys haven't read Lessons from the Empress yet, I highly recommend it. It actually helped me a lot with my creative process because I worked through the entire thing. (laughs) So highly, highly recommend 10 out of 10. But for one more time, do you guys want to say your social media handles and where people can find you? Um, You can find me on Instagram at siri.vincent.pluff. On Twitter, I am at North Light Witch. Um, I haven't been as active on there recently, though. Um, you can find my very old Facebook page <laughs> at Northern Lights Witch. <laughs> my Instagram is hooked up to it, though. So, like, that's all that it gets is just that. Otherwise, it's very cursed. <laughs> <laughs> So, Cassandra, I am at mix.cassandra.snow on Instagram. That's mx.cassandra.snow. That is sort of my hub for everything else. The other place to check out would be my website, which is cassandra-snow.com. And then if you want lots of other cool bonus articles and stuff about tarot, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cassandrasnow. Siri, throw your ghost out again. Oh, yeah. So my ghost is uh, troll-brev. So that's troll as in like troll-brev. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. It's T-R-O-L-L. Really good at end of day if you can't tell. <laughs> listen. Don't listen. Um, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so that's troll, T R O L L dash B R E V dot ghost dot IO. That is my newsletter where I share a monthly, like, kind of bonkers level uh, folk magic roundup because I go through, like, what all the moons are in Nordic belief. So like the folk tales surrounding like the new and full moon for that month. And then also I go through all of the Catholic saint days that were celebrated in Scandinavia for some reason. And then anything else I want to talk about goes in there as well. That's for the paid version, but the free version will also get thoughts on, you know, whatever is happening with me. Um, that is actually probably if you're going to want to follow either of us closely, just because of the way that algorithms are, um, getting on both of our newsletters or Patreons or something is probably the best way to like actually, you know, engage with our work. Um, then you can also listen to the Heathen's Journey podcast um, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support that if you are interested in supporting that at um, patreon.com slash heathens journey pod. I just have one tier for everyone. It's $3. It's essentially a tip jar. <laughs> well, thank you both again so much for being here. Thank you both so much. Yeah. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So, Maria, what's stirring your cauldron this week? Oh, I'm going to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so I went on a walk with my wife last weekend and I saw that we're starting to get nettle and cleavers again. And like a lot of like, I didn't really, I saw a few cleavers last year, but it seems mm-hmm. like they're growing a lot right now. And I'm wow. just like very excited. I don't think there's anything better than fresh nettle. Like it's gr- like, if you have to buy it from the store, like I'm selling like the barefoot Contessa. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but if you can get fresh, that's great. But no, fresh nettle, especially when you're using it for holis- uh, holistic um, purposes, like um, mm-hmm. teas and creams and stuff like that. I highly recommend going out there and trying to find some fresh nettle of your own. Our nettle here is huge. I think they're called wood nettle it might be not a nettle mm-hmm. i think it's wood nettle but it's basically it's the size of your hand like one leaf will go a long way and you definitely do not want to fall into it so if you are going to collect nettle too make sure you bring gloves and i even have like a special bag that i just put the nettle in and like below everything else i gather because you don't want to reach inside your basket and then get like a ton of nettle love <laughs> nettle shock <laughs> <laughs> but if you're gathering cleavers too they're gonna stick to you <laughs> but honestly both um nettles and cleavers are really great for spell work um so and if so if you want to start gathering your own i recommend going especially if you live in like the southeast i don't know about everywhere else but here they're starting to grow a lot so if you want to gather some now for spell work do it 100%. Like, nettle's great for protection work and boundaries and warding. Cleavers are great for when you want something to stick and you want to draw something in, mm-hmm. like a promotion or something like that. But yeah, keep an eye out. <laughs> so, Robin... What is not stirring your cauldron right now? Everything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, everything's dead. Everything is dead. Uh, we were under like three feet of snow two two weeks ago, a week ago, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, and it's all kind of starting to melt right now, and it is warming up, but everything is dead. There's no green. We are not experiencing spring right now. We are experiencing dead, cold, dead. <laughs> Purgatory. Uh, purgatory. <laughs> I'm in northern, northern California. I'm by the Oregon border. So we were covered in snow. Meanwhile, San Francisco just had a hurricane. Los Angeles had a tornado. Um, this is the part where the weird conspiracy, like, evangelicalists are like, and this is what California gets for going against God. Um, what? Okay. What? Have you never had that? Like, we get hit by hurricanes all the time. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, because California <laughs> is on fire every year, right? And anytime we have, like, an unusual natural disaster, such as a tornado or a hurricane or anything, the, like, deep, like, QAnon people are like, this is uh-huh. God sending revenge to California <laughs> for being heathens. Like, every year. Like, maybe it's just because I'm from California that I see it a lot, you know? Uh-huh. But every year they're like, California burns down because they're already in hell. <laughs> they they want to be they want to go to hell so bad they are living in it. Sweet forest. <laughs> so yeah, uh, everything's dead. Uh, but the positive of it is that 
since the California drought started like 25 mm -hmm. years ago now, mm -hmm. uh, 20 years ago, something like that, in my lifetime, since I started checking and following the drought, because it's important, it matters. Like I care about the planet. I care about our water consumption. Um, mm -hmm. This is the best I've seen it in like probably a decade. So that's cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Maybe this year so, we won't burn up because of how much we fucking love hell. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was like a really good like California accent, not whatever the fuck it is that those people are from. So I don't know what I was it's, thinking with that one. <laughs> well, no, it sounds like a southerner trying to... It? To be yeah, a Californian? Yeah. A radical, bro! Fucking gnarly, dude! Um. <laughs> do people even talk like that anymore? Yeah. I don't think yeah. so. They do. They do? I oh. still say gnarly. <laughs> No, that's different. They're not saying it like at the beach, you know, with like I a definitely huge surfboard. Do. I definitely do. I don't surf, um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely a massive. See, uh, we we'll get into another time, but there's a difference between like Northern California bros and Southern California bros, and it's different yeah. between skating and surfing. I'm a Northern California bro, so my gnarly is about. A different brand of brain damage so <laughs> <laughs> well scarlet must be a northern california at heart then fucking yeah. sick bro <laughs> she's all about that skateboarding <laughs> fucking sick bro <laughs> <laughs> If you've just joined us this week, every week we talk about creators that we are loving right now. This could be stores, social medias, books, art, or just general, I don't know, digital accounts that we think are pretty cool. These are not advertisements. This is just stuff we're organically finding and excited about it. And this season we have started to request our listeners to send in their recommendations. Mm -hmm. So that being said, Maria, who are you digging this week? Okay, so it's actually a book I just started reading, so I can't like 100% recommend it, but I have read <laughs> You're the liking first it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm really liking it. So, <laughs> I read, this is not I read the book. four pages, and when I tell you it's the greatest thing I've ever read, <laughs> it changed my life. <laughs> no, it's called Rooted by, oh my gosh, if I mess up her name, I apologize. It's Landria, I think. Landria okay. Lind Hopped, and um, it's it kind of reminds me of Spell in the Wild. I think I talked about that last year. And it's just a book that it's like kind of like personal essays, but it's, I don't just digging into it, it makes you want to go out into nature and experience everything like the author is experiencing. Mm -hmm. Like just the way that they have way, have how they describe things about being going out and practicing their personal craft. Even though this book is not witchcraft related, but I don't know. Anything to do with nature and connecting to nature is very witchy to me. Um, but if you need some like inspiration going out there and connecting with nature, I highly recommend picking up that book and also Spell in the Wild if you want a more witchy read. So, what you've been loving? So, I, I think... I think we had her on here last year. Was it last yeah, year? It was a drinking a, game. 
yeah, we had Amanda Paulson on the podcast last year for our Samhain drinking game. And she has a documentary that she's been working on that's coming out. Now, I haven't seen the documentary yet. I've only seen the like little clips because it's not available for the big wide public yet. But mm-hmm. if you are in the Seattle area, it's she's got it playing at... Um, uh, some local theater. I'm sorry, I don't remember what it's called. But Amanda Paulson's documentary is called uh, Death is With Me. And it is mm-hmm. a documentary about ghost hunting in the Olympia area. And I'm really excited about it. It looks so beautiful. It looks, I mean, I really like Amanda's work in general. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited about it. I think it's going to be yeah. very cool. It looks very cinematic. I'm really and I'm excited think, like, for it to be like out into the big public so I can watch it because it looks incredible. <laughs> yeah. And as you said, it looks very cinematic and beautiful. Just the way that they shot it was very stunning. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they do concentrate on one specific like ghost and ghost story, which yeah. I'm it's like, about yes. a lady of the, of the lake type yeah. story, I believe. Um, I don't know the details, obviously, of all that because I have not watched it, but I am really excited and as soon as it's available for everyone to watch, I'm going to mm-hmm. watch it because it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So, oh, yeah. who is our listener submitted creative? <laughs> it is Witchy Washy Bath and it's a bunch of like bath bomb products and like bath mixes and stuff and oh my gosh they have really cute stuff they even have a bath bomb um that looks like the whipped cream uh pentacle that they draw on what's his name's chest in practical magic mm-hmm. as a bath bomb which is very cute very fun and i kind of want it <laughs> but yeah it's a queer owned shop and i don't know you should go and check it out and it was a very good like little recommendation so thank you for that yeah and um just as a reminder to our listeners because i did get a lot of questions asking about the astrology app that i recommended last episode mm-hmm. um these are always listed in the caption. We do write it out. So if you don't know what it is and you want to know or you couldn't understand us or you think you're spelling it wrong, I do always put these things in the caption. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, if you if you want to find them, they're always going to be in the caption of the episode. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope we will see you again on Friday, March 31st for our Coffee Talk episode or on April 7th for the seventh episode of season four. You can keep an eye out on our social media or head to our website, coffeeandcoldrens.com to find more information and see what we're up to. And don't forget to join us on Patreon April 25th for an astrology class hosted by Hannah Hawthorne for the library tearing up. If you miss it, it will be available recorded uh, a few days after. For watching afterwards. It's just not live. (laughs) Oh, and additionally, our Patreon Magical Beginnings offers our special 25-minute part two episode, a huge library of articles about witchcraft, a Discord community full of fun events and discussions. Like we even have a class, a meditation, and um, what else we do? A spell Uh, of the month? Monthly mixer. (laughs) Oh yeah, we do have a monthly mixer. Yeah, we have a ton of stuff that happens. And I've actually recently added, um, if you are considering joining the Patreon, 
a visual uh, explanation of the differences between library tier and witches first covenant up as to what you get in the discord because they are both now included in discord so you can visually see just how much you get (laughs) that sounds good we even have a tier that offers one-on-one conversations with robin and myself and please if you are loving our sexy sensual just perfect voices take a moment to review us on whatever streaming service you are tuning in from such as apple podcast or spotify we love reading your reviews and rating us five stars and up helps us to be seen by others thank you everybody who already has reviewed us and everybody who will review us we very much so appreciate you okay so again this is coffee and cauldrons with robin from at a tired witch on instagram <laughs> and i'm maria from at maria the arcane on instagram all right ready Yep. One, One, two, two, three, three, five, 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 five,